Hello. How are you? Excellent. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. Wonderful. I'm going to do the introduction and then we will get started on a wonderful conversation. Sure. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, ghouls, spooky folks of all kind, welcome to the cast of chaos featuring none other than the spookiest boy of them all, the Sephiroth of South Central, the Black Chris Jericho, Rob Zombie's illegitimate stepbrother, the deity of Decibel, Will Smith and Ozzy Osbourne's love child, the fresh prince of darkness, Kelvin Chaos, and I would like to welcome, please tell everybody who you are. Hello, my name is Nikki Lynette, a.k.a. Lynette the Threat. I don't have a bunch of other cool ones like you. <laughs> <laughs> I practice this a lot. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so, Nikki, I found you online through the alternative community. And I first found your music and I thought, wow, this person's music is so cool. Then I started to see other things that you were posting and you had posted that you have been in some uh, TV shows, I believe. Yeah. And some, and I think uh, you've been on, you've been on Broadway or done some type of theater. Yeah. I was in a big theater in Chicago with a play that I wrote about depression. Yeah, and that's the one that I was like, yo, because I play myself at the time, but I was only writing the music. I didn't write the um, the actual story. Mm. And the story had, you know, it was very, had to do with, you know, things that people of color, people from our particular um, sect of people of color had to deal with. And I thought, wow, um, when I was when the guy was writing it, I was like, whoa, this is so intense. I would never write this. But then I felt this kind of stuff needs to be written. And then shortly after, I come across you and you had this whole production in Chicago. Yeah, I think they like, you know, growing up being black and alternative and goth and in punk culture and all of that, it gave me the opportunity to see like so many of us that are outliers in this space. We are outliers. We're not just like these punk and goth people because we want attention and we want to be different. Like, like those things are great in, at times, but really we are outliers because this is who we are in society. So we look different because we feel different. And it only recently became okay to have conversations about mental wellness or about being in a dark place, what we're going through. Like personally, as a suicide survivor, like, I don't look at goth culture as being something that is negative or or oriented. Like, morbid. Yeah, it's not really yeah. that. I mean, like, if we look at if we look at funerals in New Orleans, like, they play happy music and they celebrate death by celebrating life. So, like, to me, that's kind of what goth is. It's like a fearlessness and, and, and it's being, like, audacious about this idea of, like, death or even conformity. Like, it's so much deeper and richer than what people think it is. And then with us being black, we add sauce to it. You make it better. Right. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And so tell us about tell us about your background. Like when was it that you were like, okay, I'm you know, like I'm an alternative person? It didn't really have like I've all I was it started with me being like a freestyle battle rapper with my boys. Like I was a tomboy. And then, you know, I made freestyle. 
I don't rap. Yeah, I still rap. Spade me right now. No, I'm just oh kidding. Oh, my God. Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got some heat for you. Um, no, so you, were, so you were a battle rapper, and that was in, in when you were in New York or when you were in Chicago? I mean, like, I grew up, like, it's like I grew up rapping. I grew up doing it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, let me be a musician. It was social. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm from Chicago, so we don't play when it comes to rappers here. You either good or you need to shut the fuck up. You know? (laughs) You know, it's real embarrassing if you open your mouth and you ain't good. So I had to be. That's great. Yeah, it is. It definitely forces you to step your game up or just not be mucking up the space. So, like, that's what I was about. That's what I was into. And, you know, so it was kind of interesting for me because... I never like I it was social. So then I made a best best friends with this girl. She was like a black punk girl. And she was kind of like, you know, like I feel like I kind of walked that line between like punk and goth, depending on how I feel that day. And this right. girl was like full, like hardcore, like hard femme. She was gay, so she had dealt with marginalization in that space. And she had me start listening to Tool and Corn and Tori Amos and Fiona Apple, like and all the good stuff. Yeah, but it was poor to say it to turn me out. Poor to say it to turn me out. You know, because oh yeah, because they kind of got a soul thing about them. That's like you know, Black Sabbath got me because I was like, this sounds like blues, but with singing. Yeah, it's like like Portishead is like dark and grimy and emotional and super witchy, and yeah, and you could rap over it. And so I would take it back. Yeah, I would take it back to my niggas and be like, yo, listen to this. And some of them would be like, this witch music, but then some of them would be like, yo, this is fucking hard. You know what I'm saying? Right? And so they were like, yeah. what I heard. And that's what did it to me. I I was in love. Portis said, did it. And so uh, then my mom had moved. It was just around the same time that my mom had moved me to a school in the suburbs. And I was the only black kid Like uh, that looked uh, like me. Like There were a couple others, but I was the only black kid that looked like me, like with natural hair and dressed different. And they shunned me. But it was the goth kids and the punk kids who were nice to me and wanted to be friends. So Right? Those are always the ones that are like, you can be an outcast with us. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you, it's still like, you know, it's still shit you got to explain to them about like, you know, like. Racism. Yeah, it's still <laughs> mad stuff that you got to explain to them. But like, it's like, damn, like as long as you're not speaking with a black scent, then I guess I can deal with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. like they weren't problematic. Just do me. you. Yeah, do your thing. And don't be trying to do stuff you don't understand. And if you don't understand and you want to know, I will gladly tell yeah. you. So it's weird, like, when you are an outlier within this culture, people want to call you a sellout or an Oreo, but they don't even realize that half of us experience extreme rejection by our own people. My mom went and Yo, for, like, literally uncle. just taking in air, you know, you're like... You're not black enough. You're not taking Seriously. in that hair black enough. What and look at you like you mean, crazy. Bro? And my mom went yeah, and told but... uh my mom went and told my family that I was in a cult. So <laughs> like that. You're like, that's just what I like. And you know, I've always told people, I was like, it's so crazy to me. We grew up listening to hip hop. My favorite Snoop Dogg song is Murder Was the Case They Gave Me. Yeah. And right, and this nigga's praying to Satan to get him out of this. I mean, yeah. And Right, and I heard that, and I was like, hmm, you know, like Faust, that's Robert Johnson, the blues singer singing about that, Black Sabbath, it's the trend in music for you to call upon the devil and you need help, regardless of genre. I've never personally really got into the devil worship or devil acknowledgement aspects of the culture. I am... I'm not into that either, but it was just something I acknowledged. Yeah, and it's like, 
you know, if we look at African spirituality, there's always been space for dark energy. And if people don't acknowledge right. that, then they're not really being truthful. Like in uh, Vroom, there's something called the Gede. Yeah. And the Gede are like these kind of like malevolent entities that are all about creative mischief and causing havoc and stuff like that. But they are an uh, important and necessary part of the pantheon of deities. Like that's who they are. And I might be, I might not be explaining it right. So please excuse me if I'm not. But like, I don't like the, I don't understand the concept of not acknowledging shadow energy. We all have it. We all, you know, but the way that we normalize it is, oh, well, I'm just petty. Oh, well, you know, like, I ain't the one. Hashtag savage. And it's like, bitch, that is dark energy. That is shadow energy. You are manifesting right. from your shadow side. You ain't no different from me. You just ain't got on this black lipstick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, or I would hear, you know, some of my people in the, in, in the hood say, you know, some very, like, morbid things. And I'd be like, whoa, I don't even get down with that. And I got black on time you know (laughs) so it was it was strange to me like you said you know and it was just a presentation you know because for me like I've I grew up in South Central you know which is like that's where you know Dre Snoop all those dudes are from and you know I always talk like this yeah I would get it like you want to be I was like man this is just me like this is how I was born not everybody's gonna be talking like what up my nigga and shit like that because it don't work for everybody like for me I grew up between like the suburbs and extreme hoods in Chicago so I code switch I code switch because this is my motherfucking life like what you gonna do you gonna check me you gonna tell me not to talk how I talk what you gonna do what you really gonna do right. you know what I'm saying like yeah like- and it's not even because like it makes people more comfortable or less comfortable it's just that it was it's like people that speak Spanish yeah you know you speak Spanish to people that speak Spanish and you have a different accent when you do it you don't speak Spanish in your English accent because it doesn't sound authentic I mean yeah so it's like if I'm talking to like people that speak the way that I speak it's a whole different conversation than if I'm talking to people you know it just depends on who I'm talking to and I gotta write that like 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 my language belongs to me nobody gets to police it or tell me how I'm supposed to talk and I would love if we could just like be in a place where we get beyond that shit it's not that like you know, and I think that we in an era where we kind of are. I'm still in Chicago, though, and it's mad segregated here. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's segregated as shit here. So, what do you do? Yeah. Man, so so what gave you the idea for these this play? I mean, like, I was like, I got right into that. Let me backtrack a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your artistic career. So, you were battle rapping. And then that, have you ever been in a band or did that just lead you right into the musical? I mean, I've always, from- I'm an entertainer, like this is all I've ever done. I've licensed my music to TV and film. Like I'm modest, but I've done some shit. And um, I, when I had my mental breakdown, I stopped doing music for a long time. And I didn't even know that I was really going to get back to doing my music. And then, um, because I had a mental breakdown and I didn't think, that I would be able to come back from it. I wasn't sure. I didn't know. I didn't know people that had. And it wasn't nobody that looked like me talking about no mental health online. So I started doing it. And what was it that you did? Like, could you tell us, like, maybe what are some of the things that really helped you out of that, you know, that place you were in? Oh, I had to go into the hospital and get on psychiatric meds. Like, I had to, I was suicidal. So it wasn't like um, I just was able to pull myself out of it. I needed professional help. And I got it. And, um, you know, like, it was, and that what even the professional help, it wasn't like it immediately fixed things. It absolutely did not. 
But yeah. what it did was created space for me to begin a very real and transformative process of healing. And so when I first decided I wanted to at least start trying to do something with myself, I started doing a video series with Afropunk talking about mental health because I wanted to be the person that I needed when I was low. I wanted to be that for other people because apparently we weren't going to find it. It, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, those kind of started blowing up. And when I realized that people actually wanted that content, I just ran with it. And um, I started my play. I, somebody had told me, like, uh, the dude ended up becoming the producer of my play. He was telling me, like, hey, you got to get back to your life. You got to get back to your music. Why don't you write a play about your experiences? And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. But then um, Pussy Riot asked me, <laughs> yeah, Pussy Riot asked me to open for their first American tour. And I did the first three dates and I tested That's out the awesome. idea. Thank you. I tested out the idea I had for the play and it went really well. And so I based my play around that and that the rest is history. Like I, my play started with at a, at a, with an idea that I workshopped at a punk concert pretty much. Yo, wow, that scene, that's what I'm trying to get people that are listening to this show to understand like so many of us are like, uh, I can't do it because I have this going on with me, you know, mentally, or I I can't do it because my idea is not good. And I like to have people on the show that are like, I did do it. Yes, it's hard, but it needs to be done. I mean, you now know? more than ever, like more than ever in life, the, ver- yeah. the variety in stories and representation matters. So much. And there's so many ways to get it out there now. It's not like we have to rely on like, you know, one area or, you know, where we have to really strip it down. It's like people want it this way. They want it the raw way you experienced it. Yeah. I always tell people, just find your tribe. Don't be starting out expecting like a million people to just love what you're doing. and Like that's the wrong way to go. Don't do that to yourself. For what? For what? Like, like you can't, you can't be in this whole as alternative experience of a life and then turn around and need validation from people who are not right. to, like pick a thing. And, and, and we all I, have imposter syndrome. It happens to everybody. You're not alone. We all true. You know what I'm saying? Or even inside the community, you know, we'll start being like, Oh, well, I'm not, you know, gothing hard enough, or I'm not, you know, alternative enough or something. And, you know, I actually created this podcast to say like fuck all that like how do you feel like do you feel that you have something unique do you feel that you just want to express yourself and not be criticized because if that's the case i would love for you to come on to the show and tell people how you feel because i feel that you know all those spaces are valid especially especially as a person of color you everybody tells you no you know yeah and i don't like this idea of like not being goth enough and not being alternative enough and not being punk enough like if you black you already other so let's just start that's yeah i'm like i'm already there so i don't want to hear nothing right (laughs) i really love the video series of like the girls who are black looking like regular black girls and it's boom goth queen bitch i I post like 10 of them (laughs) oh i love that challenge so much because like i think that it really that type of representation is necessary for people to see, like, okay, nobody just goes to bed looking like the perfect little goth voodoo doll. You know what I'm saying? But, like, we don't fucking right. have to. Like, like 
are you doing this like for the pageantry and the costumery or are you doing this as self-expression you get to because it's life yeah Yeah, because it's what you relate to like i always related to the macabre and the you know like the darker aspect of that but it's not something i share a lot because it's not always necessary because of the way that i express it to myself like you said you know people celebrate death and i research that because i find it to be interesting and how people deal with it and what their, you know, transition is going to be like and all that. Um, I had a lady come on yesterday that wrote for how to get away with murder. And she's studying to be a death doula mm. because of the same reason. And she's also an alternative black girl that is, you know, she's like, oh, you know, I try to tone down my, you know, my clothes because I'm working on a huge show at ABC. And she's like, and I'm tired of doing that. I was like, yeah, you know, if we just collectivize, you know, United States first, the worldwide next, and just keep, you know, showing, throwing each other ideas, because I think we have to put each other on, you know. I'm one of the people, I believe, it's not really what you do, it's always how you do it. There's always a way to show up as yourself, but also fit into the environment that you're in. Like, we can't, we can't pretend as if different spaces don't have their own culture, don't have their own aesthetic, don't have their own feel. I just happen to believe that there is space for my black goth ass in any space I occupy. And if they see the value of having me in that room, then the way that I show up needs to be acknowledged as being part of this experience. And that doesn't like, am I going to show up in like full goth out club gear? No. But like, am I going to show up in like my dark look and my piercings with my tats out and my cool hair? Yeah, you see the value of me in this room. I'm going to show up as who I am in this space. I don't want to be where I'm not valued. So if you don't value me, then why am I in the room? Oh, you do value me? Well, then value me as I show up. Beautiful. Yeah, that's exactly what what I, I was like. Yes, I need you on the show. I need you to say this. <laughs> you know, so um, what is your next biggest thing that you are playing? If you can talk about it, I know you got a bunch of cool stuff that oh, you've been man. working. On. I got two things. <laughs> um, technic. Oh, three kind of okay, but I don't know what's gonna happen when because of coronavirus. But one, I had another theater that offered me an extended run of my play after like we closed the Steppenwolf in February, and I would have been doing an extended run in summer, which is just unreal like unprecedented super big deal like it would have got wrote about in the papers I already was writing about in the papers for my Steppenwolf debut like it would have been huge but theaters right now like nobody knows when they'll be able to reopen so yeah that's not that that got delayed um I'm writing for a mobile video game that is being done in conjunction with a tv show a very popular tv show um I cannot yet disclose the name of it until they tell me that I can, because I ain't finna get in trouble. Fuck that. Right? <laughs> um, but they have been writing about it. Like, there have been articles like in Forbes and stuff like that about it, so I'm I'm writing narrative for that. And then, I was supposed to be on Empire a few weeks ago, and um, that got like canceled. on the show or your music? Feature? On the show, playing myself with my purple Yo! eyebrows. Yes, with my purple sick. eyebrows and my dreads. And um, it was for this music scene. It was really cool. But um, I don't know if that's still going to happen because, you know, like they're trying to respect social distancing and the guides, you know, the guidelines that are being put forward by the state. So I don't know if it's still going to happen. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm hoping. But, yeah, like I have no idea 
what's coming next or what to expect. I have no clue. So everybody's everybody's kind of freaking out, but like I live with PTSD and an anxiety disorder. So I'm used to Yeah, like this is normal for me. Yeah. It's like welcome to my world, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm like, oh, you guys don't want to go outside? Yeah. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. So yeah, I know All right. yeah, everybody else is kind of feeling how I've been feeling. You know, dang. So, like, welcome to my world. This is this is what it is. <laughs> okay, so I yeah, I know we got limited time, so I'm gonna um wrap it up, or not? Yeah, I'm gonna ask you a few more questions. So, if you had, actually, yeah, let's see. If you had a billion dollars, or maybe not a billion, but a, a blank check, what type of what would be your passion project? Like the thing you truly want to bring into this world more than anything. Um, access to mental health spaces that do that that are culturally competent for the individual that needs the space. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I do these mental health events throughout my city that create safe spaces that are not heavy, that are not clinical for people to come and have, you know, like like you party or you work on like do some art stuff. Yeah, like-, like I would I would want to create access to mental health spaces but but like without pressure but people could just show up as themselves like I would want to normalize that and have that available I'm really all about creating a cultural shift within the mental health conversation and so that is where my my coins would go toward that that is one so it would be like a facility I don't or even like a chain of facilities it would be a chain of facilities but also an event series like it's I have like you have you say you would would come say there was 10 of them nationwide and you would do a tour and you would talk at each one of them yeah but it wouldn't be like I don't love the um for when it comes to mental health I don't love like the the club model so much because like people need to be able to have private conversations like that but I would want to create environments where people could have private conversations and public conversations if needed you know what yeah, I'm saying? Um, definitely. We need to have, like, like a lot of people would get more help if there was easy access to group therapy. A lot of people would get more help if there was easy access to individual therapy. A lot of people would get more help if there was just environments they could go in where that were oriented around the subject of mental health. And so I would want to try to create some diversity in those types of spaces that don't feel corny and don't feel you know um heavy or clinical like they feel culturally relevant to people within our generation with like millennials and gen z like that's what i would want to do wow that's wonderful (laughs) that's so beautiful thank you yeah let's see um yeah i was like i hate to rush because i was like i really want to talk about your mental health series and oh the video I am gonna ask- yeah 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 like yeah because i that what that caught my eye like i said i've been following you for for a while now i know we've been like catching each other not catching each other for a while so i'm glad we finally were able to to meet up all it took was the apocalypse I know. <laughs> to slow everything down yeah i was like you were like super busy like the i think i caught you like right in the middle of the 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 theater run and you were like oh yeah you were still trying to do it and i was like i love you so much for your effort but i knew that you were doing a lot of stuff 
Yeah. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you were able to come on. Well, the video um, series, I'm actually about to restart it because um, the reason why I haven't been doing stuff about mental health during quarantine, and a lot of people have asked me why, is because, and I've been sneakily doing it, okay? Like, I've been doing mm-hmm. this, I've been doing, I did an event called The Sleep Hover. I did another one called Homecoming, and it's oriented around, like, sex positivity and getting people to talk about, like, their inhibitions intimately. And all of those conversations ultimately end up becoming very therapeutic and cathartic for people. And we start talking about mental health and stuff like that in those spaces. And so that's been, like, my sneaky way of getting people to talk about it. But I didn't want to, you know, I'm an ambassador for NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And I didn't uh-huh. want to start having conversations about mental health. As a person who is not a mental health professional, even though I'm trained through NAMI to be an advocate, I wanted to make sure that in these times of heightened sensitivity, I'm not saying anything that's not appropriate or right. or or could potentially have a negative effect on people that are just coming looking for help. Like, I'm not a therapist, so I can't say you should or if I were you, I would. I can only... And so that's probably kind of closer to what I want to be doing. And so I'm I'm speaking with Nami tomorrow about the official way that um I should be doing this. And they're going to get me some like peer support pe- uh help about like how I can do it the best way. So that's that's what I've been holding out for. So I actually have a mental health themed Zoom that's going to come up very soon and I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even know. Because uh, I, I have a similar thing. I, you know, I also, you know, had some issues previously, and worked my way out of them. And I have similarly don't tend to talk about mental health, because I don't have the degree and stuff. But there are things mm. that I feel like worked for me very well. And so I have also tried to sneakily throw it in there, or I'll just like make a positive message every once in a while. Or I'll just, um tell people like what type of things they can do. I never frame it like this is a mental health practice. I'll just make a suggestion. Like start your morning off like this. Have you tried yeah, this? Yeah. I mean, and that's Stuff actually like really that. good for advocacy. Like I just, when you have like, when people look to you as a resource, you have to take the responsibility of that one. And so I just want to make sure that at no point yeah. am I ever, 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 ever saying the type of things to a person that only a therapist should say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel the exact same because I'm like, whoa, that's not my place. But, um, okay, let's see. Five <laughs> more minutes. All right. Um, if you <laughs> could collaborate with anyone. For real. Live or dead. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Without even hesitating. Hands down, Pharrell. Pharrell. Why? Because Is everything that I do reason? in my career has been because I saw him show that it could be done. And so, like, even as an independent artist that has not had the resources that Pharrell's had, like, I've licensed a lot of music to TV. I learned to produce. I produced my own music because people wouldn't give me the beats that I wanted. Like, yeah, you know, I'm I don't, I'm not apologetic about it. Like, and I find my space within these industries while also being myself and being respected. And Pharrell was the first person I saw do that on his own terms or what looked like to be his own, his own terms. So I, I want that. Yeah. Well, yeah. at least he got us I thinking about it. Myself. 
I want to be that bitch. I want that. And so I would love to collaborate <laughs> with Pharrell. I would just love it. It would just be like a dream come true. All right. And and would that be like an EP? Would it be would it be whatever for real I could get I would take whatever like music <laughs> or art or whatever 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 I would do it. And I hope to one day. It's still on my bucket list of things I want to achieve before I die. I feel like you will achieve everything. Thank You've you. already done so much. Yeah, I would be so excited about that. All right. Well, the last question I got for you is I actually I do have a question about the licensing. How did you get into licensing? I, you just got to hang out with some folks and know some folks. And no, keep that's not how it happened craft. to me. I've been doing voiceovers um, on commercials and ads for like years, like since my early, late, late teens, like 18, 19 or whatever. Like I've been doing them um, for mad long. Um, and that just was for me being a rapper. Like, they needed a rapper. But I also sing. And I also know how to act. And so, like, those skills come very handy when they put you in a room behind a mic and they need you to do more than one thing and in a timely fashion. And so I always benefited from being able to do yeah. that. And um, so what happened is, like, I did this competition with my original music. And I was supposed to win. But I lost to these white boys after they pleaded with the audience to let them have one more chance or some shit to compete or whatever. I was supposed to fucking win it. But, you know, white privilege is a thing that exists. And so they won it. But MTV found out about me and they contacted me and they wanted to license my music. So I didn't even know what that meant. I just, I went to the people I had been working with, like, hey, MTV wants to use my music and I need the masters. At which time they came to me with an $18,000 contract that they said I need I owed them $18,000 and I needed to sign it before they would release my masters and um I did not have that kind of money so I had to leave all of my music and keep in mind I had produced this music like this is my shit that I had produced and wrote and performed myself and I had to leave it all behind and I went to another engineer another studio and said look I have this amount of money and I have an in- a licensing deal with MTV on the table, please like help me finish some music so I can send it. So I did the music with them. I sent it. Uh, the MTV thing turned into a whole Viacom licensing agreement eventually. And I learned from the, I learned how to license through the experience. See, I know from doing like commercials mad long, I realized, okay, I know what's marketable. I know what's trendy. I know what's catchy. And um, I have a pretty decent business mind. And so I was able to leverage the MTV thing into a Viacom thing. And now I just work directly through um, particular individual licensing companies to give them my music because you tend to be able to get more money than what you would and just sending it in through like a blanket licensing deal. So, yeah. So this year, um, I don't know all the placements I've had this year, but I do know that I was on work in progress my most recent placement was on work in, work in progress in Showtime. And so that's dope because I actually got to go to to the office and meet like Abby and like that was fucking bomb. She's amazing. But um, yeah, I when it comes to music licensing, I don't really know what the game is about to look like right now. Like I don't know how it's going to be because everything is about to change because of Corona shutting down production houses and stuff like that.
Um, I don't really know. Yeah. So I can't, when people be asking me for advice on that now, I'm like, I got it. I'm waiting to see what the landscape going to look like, just like you, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, but it was just, it was great for insight because that's another thing, like, I, I have um, hands in all things music also because I'm an indie mm. musician myself, and I have written, you know, me, uh, movie scores, play guitar for, you know, big artists, like, you know, I've never licensed a song, but I've had my things mm. used for things. So people, like I said, people ask me questions and, you know, every, you know, I'm like, I don't know, man, I just knew a guy that knew a guy. I went to high school with somebody, college, you know, I just put my name out there a lot. So people think of me first is, is what my advice is. So I figure maybe as a person that's actually been in a TV show, you might've had a, you know, like a different. Yeah, not now. Like, uh, um, yeah, not now. Nowadays, it's it's very much about relationships, but cold calling and cold contacting people won't work to your detriment if you can reach the right people. I mean, social media exists. So, you know, like, like social media exists, so you can just reach out to these people on social media and contact them and connect if you want to. Um. So it's not the worst yeah. thing in the world to just reach out to somebody. But I just don't know what the space is going to look like because you have to think about, like, um, a lot of companies prefer to go through, a lot of pro- production companies, yeah, they prefer like to go publish. through companies that do licensing specifically because those companies are going to handle all of the contracts, they're going to handle all of the legal, all of the publishing, so that the individual companies don't have to. You see what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah, they want to go with the uh, establishment because it's just smoother. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I got to work with who doesn't know anything and they got to get back to you 10 days from now because they got to ask 10 of their homies. Yeah, yeah. They don't, they like to go through people that's going to handle all that shit before they even get their hands on it. But, um, you know, I, I have no clue how that landscape is about to shift due to coronavirus. I just know that it definitely is. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. That's good enough. And the final question. Um, what is your advice to everybody that's coming after you, the next potential Lynette the Threat? There ain't no next potential um, Lynette the Threat. There is not. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. You are one of a I kind for sure. I always give advice to anybody, and I always tell them this. Um, monetize being yourself. Like, find the ways in which you are unique and you are original and you are special or the ways in which you are just like everybody else like you are so inclusive of all things that you are just like all everybody else find those shits and just figure out how to monetize them like because we are living in a time where we have the ability to do that in ways we never did so why wouldn't you take advantage of that why wouldn't you capitalize on that why not Right, absolutely. And now, finally, tell us where we can hear your music, listen to you, if we can um, see any of the things that you're doing. Is it Manic Pixie Dream Girl your last Manic release? Manic Pixie Dream Girl is my last full release. And then I have all this music that's on my play that I have not let, not released yet. And I have all this music in my catalog that I've not released yet. But I'm gonna... You know, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out again. I'm looking at the landscape, 
Same. Yeah, I'm looking at the landscape, like, what the hell? I have, like, 30 songs, and I'm like, I'm just waiting for the right moment. Yeah, this is, I think, a pretty good time to release music if you can do it the right way. Like, if you can figure out the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, okay, but where can we find you? Is it Lynette the Thread well, all over the place? Just, you know, I go by Nikki Lynette. Yeah, like, Nikki you Lynette. can go on, yeah. it's everywhere. It's on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, like, title, all them shits, it's there. And then I have a website, NikkiLynette.com. And uh, I'll be releasing stuff through my Instagram. And also, please check out my mental health content that I have on Facebook. Um, I, I'm gonna have more of it on post- Instagram as well. I, you know, yeah, and I'll post it in the group because we have a group. There's a new alternative group called the Black Alternative, and it's getting uh, pretty popular on Facebook. And I post there regularly my podcast and um, anything that has to any videos that a person that is not over there wants me to post. And I pretty much transfer everything across all the platforms because. A lot of people are looking for this information spoken from, you know, a person that looks exactly like you. Yeah, please. Like, yeah, so, I would at, please add me to that. I would love that. And um, yeah, that's all I want yeah. to do. Just come check out my little stuff. And I have no idea what's next in the game. So we just going to figure that shit out together, huh? <laughs> well, I'm watching you because you're, you're, you inspire me so much. Every time you do something, I'm like, Thank dang. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel like I was hitting them over the head this year and then Corona happened. So I have no clue. Yeah, you were killing I don't know. Like, I don't know what's next. I have no clue. Yo, because like, yeah, I like I started rapping like last year, you know, for fun. And I, you know, I'm a classically that trained guitar dope. player. Thank you. And then, you know, like I so and I grew up like teaching for musicals and being a musical theater teacher and a musical theater actor. So I was like, I can't con- combine any of these things. Like rap doesn't make sense with guitar and that don't make sense with, yeah. with uh, the play. You're all, like, do it all. Do all it all at once. Decide what makes it work and then do it. You get to decide. Right? And yeah, I found out it was like the spooky, you know, like the, the horror themes, all the things that I'm really, really interested in. I just put it all there and made it into like a, you know, a little Tolkien kind of story. And said, "Well, these this character has to rap. This character has to sing. This character plays guitar. So, yeah, there it is. But thank you so much. I appreciate you again for coming. Finally, got on the show. I know we meant a bit a little bit late, and I appreciate Absolutely. you for hanging on. Anytime, we'll do it again. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And to everybody listening at home." Stay home, stay safe, stay high, and stay spooky. (laughs) Absolutely. I'll I'll chat with you guys next time.